Lisa Speckard-Paskin. I'm the Metro Reporter at the Cap Times. And I'm Abby Becker. I cover the city and county government for the Cap Times. I'm Eric Lawrenson. I write about technology and things. And this is Madsplainer's Election Edition. Welcome back to Madsplainers. Hey guys, we realize that it's been quite a long time since we recorded the last Madsplainers episode, but we are so excited to be back and we have a special edition even for you. This is the election edition of Madsplainers and Abby and Eric are with me. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Good to be back. Yeah. So so the um, we've got a big election coming up. We've got a primary on February 19th and the general election on April 2nd. And, and who's being elected in these primaries, these, Abby? I will tell you, here in Madison, all city council members and the mayor are up for re-election. Um, and so on, uh, these, on these election episodes, we will be interviewing um, each candidate for mayor ahead of the primary primary election. So you can get to know them. You can uh, listen all about them and uh, be prepared for that primary. For uh, people who are in the know about the other podcasts we do here at the Cap Times, we've been doing something called Wedge Issues that this is maybe loosely inspired by, where um, our state government reporter, Jesse Apoyan, uh, ended up interviewing a bunch of candidates running for governor back in 2018. Um, so many candidates. So many candidates. And it was just such a, a great thing because, I mean, there were so many. And it was like, uh, who are these people even in this crowded Democratic field? Um, and uh, through Wedge Issues, it was a way of sort of introducing these people and explaining their political background and personalities. And like, I think that's sort of the goal here, too. Like, who are these people running for mayor? What do they care about? Yeah, like, yeah and of yeah. course, the Cap Times will be covering this election closely um, throughout the campaign season. But we hope that this podcast is just another opportunity for you to get to know the candidates and yeah. stay plugged in. And we just interviewed the first one. And I just got to say that podcast is such a fun way to get to know candidates because you can actually hear their stories in their words. Like, give them a little time to discuss where they came from. Why are they running? Like, we can write that down, but I think it's just more fun to hear it from them sometimes. I do, too. So, so yes, yeah, so um, as Lisa said, we had Raj Shukla on as our first guest. Um, and, yeah, and so he is uh, currently the executive director of the River Alliance of Wisconsin. He's also the chair of the Sustainable Madison Committee. Um, and he's just an all-around friendly guy. <laughs> so, yeah, so he spent some time with us this morning. Well, welcome, Raj. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Thanks this for is having so exciting. Me. This is fun. Yeah. So this is um, you're the first candidate we've had on this show. I was listening to uh, to Nick Hart, another mayoral candidates podcast, and uh, there was quite an interesting anecdote that was shared um, about you being on the Conan show. It's so less interesting and than I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you should tell it. I feel like we need to know. Okay. I was visiting my sister in New York, and she got tickets to this. I, th I think at the time, Conan was pretty new. It was like a second or third season, something like that. I was 17. Okay. And um, I think the the Rangers had just won the Stanley Cup. And so he had this bit about this a guy in a Stanley Cup outfit okay. walking around. And he just sat in a way that just showed the nation too much. <laughs> 
And so I nudged his leg, and that was that's the story, Abby. It was a nudge. Was it wasn't my, a kick. No. It wasn't a shove. No. I mean, when I'm feeling <laughs> dramatic, <laughs> I, I, may, I embellish this terrible story <laughs> to try and make it interesting. But yeah. yeah. Well, um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, what sure. brought you to Madison? Um, sure. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think I fell in love with this town when I was eight and visiting my first sister, my oldest sister, who came to school here in 1983 or something like that. So I distinctly remember sitting on the terrace and I'm sure ice cream was involved in this and just thinking like, yeah, this is the place. I grew up in uh, near Waukesha, Wisconsin, a place called New Berlin um, and grew up very happy there. Had My parents gave us a wonderful life. But the moment I got to Madison, it was like, this is this is the place. So she came to school here. I visited often. My next sister came to school here. I visited often. I finally got to school here in the 90s um, and loved every moment of it. Moved back to Milwaukee for a little while and joined an AmeriCorps program. Um, and that was when I th- think I sort of understood the power that cities could have on people's day-to-day lives. I worked on an inner city reinvestment project through AmeriCorps. Um, worked at a foundation there and then later with a it's kind of like a chamber of commerce, a membership organization of all the major employers and um, the professions, the labor unions, um, the universities, um, trying to pull resources to address community issues. And one of the issues they wanted to address was how do we bring more jobs into the um, poorest census tracts in Milwaukee? Um, and that was we wanted to drive more private investment, set up more businesses in um in certain communities in Milwaukee. So worked on that for a few years, fell in love in the process, got married, and we decided we want to come back to Madison mm-hmm. to be between our parents when we started a family and also to just be in this place that both of us, my wife came to school here too, so um, to be in this place that we both loved, you know. So we moved back in 2006, something okay. like that for good. And um, since then, all three of our daughters have been born at Meritor Hospital, all go to Madison Public Schools, and we love this place. Yeah, so, I mean, you're married, you've got three kids, you're the executive director of the River Alliance of Wisconsin, you're the chair of the Sustainable Madison Committee, you're running for mayor, and so you probably never sleep, is that is that what I haven't what we're for getting? a decade, yeah, I have a, okay. I have a 10-year-old daughter, and a 7-year-old daughter, soon to be 8-year-old daughter tomorrow, um, and a 6-year-old daughter, so yeah, sleep is not, it's just a luxury. Well, so what inspired you to run for mayor? Sure. Well, my parents are immigrants to this country, and they came in the 60s, and among the things that they taught me was that um, you have an obligation. You have an obligation to, to, and a need to bring people together to make this world a better place for all of us. Um, I saw that in action with them. They, they came to this country, my mom not knowing any English, uh, my father... Um, having just gone to school and sort of starting out life as a family um, in an entirely new place with none of their family nearby like we have, my family and I. And what they did was build a community, starting first with the sort of other Indian immigrants that they knew. And these were people who often spoke different languages than I did and ate different food and and worshipped different gods. Um, But they overcame their differences to build a common dream for the their community and then for, for the wider community too. And I saw them sort of build that within their immigrant community, but then start reaching out to the broader community too. And they just became sort of ingrained in, in everything in the country. And we, you know, 
that is something that really drives me. I've seen, I've seen how um, community can work, and I'm seeing how you can make community um, with just some determination and a commitment to to caring for one another. Um, I feel like we live in a political moment right now that is asking all of us to to do everything we possibly can to to mend some of the divides that exist in this country and to make sure that in in the case of Madison, to make sure that Madison is a place that works for everybody, Um, not just folks who live on the isthmus, not just folks who are doing well, but all of us. Um, That's why I decided I wanted to jump into this race. I felt like this was the eighth thing that I could do. Um, I'm, I'm not I don't come at this as a as someone with elected office experience. I'm coming at this as an outsider. Um, I actually think that's a good thing. I think it is a moment in Madison's history where fresh ideas are needed, where a different attitude toward governing is needed. And we need, I think, leadership that sees this community for its possibilities instead of just its limitations, instead of the constraints that we're operating under. And there are many. Um we need to find ways to be more creative about that. At the River Alliance, that's kind of that's my job. I'm the executive director there, and I'm tasked with articulating a vision. I'm tasked with recruiting and motivating really talented teammates to 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 make sure that vision is realized. I'm tasked with making very difficult decisions that affect the lives of employees, affect the lives of communities across the state, and. Um, you know, we have tough choices that we have to make in the coming years in Madison, as all communities do in this country, around housing that's increasingly unaffordable for folks or transit that is in, that is not working for everybody in this community and racial divides that seem to be increasing. And, um, uh, you know, and a feeling increasingly that the sort of safety and comfort that we've grown accustomed to in Madison, that it's at risk in some ways despite all of the amazing growth that we're seeing and despite all of the ways that this place is wonderful for so many of us, um, we have some tough challenges to face. And I think we need leadership that is committed to doing the hard work of, of addressing those, mm-hmm. those issues. That's what I've done in my professional career. It's what I've done as a civic leader. I hope that's what I do as a dad. And um, now I am doing a podcast. <laughs> yes, you are. And so when you talk about some of these divides that, um, you know, that you want to mend, you know, what were some of those? I mean, you talked about um, working on issues of affordable housing and transportation and, um, you know, of course, the, the racial equity issues that Madison is facing today. Are, are those some of the things? Those are some of the things. But I think that, you know, and all everybody in this race is going to talk about issue, those issues. But I think the sort of subtext of all of it, the biggest divide I see is that we have leadership that is not um, as ambitious as the dreams of the people that live here anymore. I feel like um, we need leaders who are thinking bigger and who are committed to bringing everybody along as we make success. One way to describe why I feel that way and what I mean, um, I have my oldest daughter. She's 10 years old. She has Down syndrome, right? And that means that she is going to face some particular challenges in getting through life. She may not be able to move around town the way I'm able to move around town. She may not be able to afford the kind of home that we live in uh, right now. And that is something that we have to make sure that she's in a position to, um, to manage. We can't afford to 
approach these challenges with anything less than the most ambitious approach we possibly can imagine. It doesn't mean that um, there won't be real difficulties in getting to where we want to go, but I think the first step is setting our aims much higher than we have been. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, so, so your work with the River Alliance and mm-hmm. your work um, as the chair of the Sustainable Madison Committee. Um, I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, if you can tell our listeners, you know, how that work has inspired your platform on climate change and green energy, uh, the infrastructure needed to, you know, kind of a, you well, know, secure yeah, Madison. Yeah, I mean, let's take a step back. I was working on economic development issues, moved to Madison, and um, my wife was about to start school and Hurricane Katrina hits New Orleans. And I had time between my jobs. So um, so I asked my wife, I'm like, hey, can I go down to New Orleans and help as we all witnessed what was unfolding there? And she said, um, yes. So I signed up with the Red Cross and went down to New Orleans and um, saw what climate change was responsible, would be responsible for increasingly over time and saw what happened to a community when a government turned its back on people who were suffering. And... Um, that was my that was the first time I had really even thought about climate change in a real sense. I'd kind of heard about it. Um, but there I saw it and I smelled it and um, heard it and um, it affected me and it made me feel like, okay, this is where I need to focus my life, not so much because of quote unquote environmental concerns. I certainly care about clean water and clean air and um, a clean place to live but much more so because of the human element of this and the danger that it posed to communities across the country, across the world. We saw a little bit of what that could look like this summer in Madison mm-hmm. with you know, 15 inches of rain falling in 24 hours and parts of the city flooded and hundreds of millions of dollars of damage, just a fraction of which was insured. So there are people that are going to be paying off this damage for 30 years. Um, we as a community need to be, one, prepared for what's coming, um, and two, I think we need to orient the way that we function around a new reality in, in, in how we have to interact with our natural world. Um, there are dangers that we have to prepare ourselves for, that, and I actually think there are opportunities that we have to prepare ourselves for, too. And so one example, as you see... Um, Cities on the East Coast, cities on the West Coast that house a lot of major companies, major employers, they're going to be going through a transition right now as they, as they are considering, well, is this location the right place for us? And they're going to be looking for places like Madison, Wisconsin, which are relatively stable, which have a world-class university, which has a healthy um, business ecosystem here as a place to bring their people, their ideas, um, their investment. And... This is something that we can capitalize on should we take the most ambitious, aggressive course we can to make sure, making sure that we are um, an environmental leader, a place that is prepared for what's coming and prepared to help people thrive despite what's coming. That's interesting. I think um, a lot with what we saw with the, you know, the rains over the summer, I think the reaction is to to, to think reactionary, right? Is to, to how can we, um, you know, shore up stormwater infrastructure and how can we, you know, you know, have our emergency management preparedness, you know, all ready to go. But it's interesting to think about the opportunities that it could bring and in, in being prepared, what sort of economic development opportunities could come right. to Madison. Right. I mean, you know, and I, I, 
Of course, when something like that happens, your immediate concern is, okay, how do we make sure everybody is safe and how do we deal with the immediate problems? But, you know, I remember sitting in the council chamber in February of like 2015, something like that, and a scientist um, from the UW were there explaining what the threat of climate change looked like to Madison. They spoke about the flooding that happened, I don't know if you remember this, in um, 2008, there was um, a bunch of rain that hit Baraboo, the Baraboo area. They described what would have happened to Madison had that rainfall occurred over Madison. And it showed a kind of flooding that we saw in August. This wasn't, this isn't like a new issue or a new threat, but suddenly the leadership was paying attention. We know this is coming. We've seen it happen. We can see what's coming in the future. Now's the time to prepare, and now's the time to take advantage of mm-hmm. that. Um, so what do you think the greatest challenge facing Madison is? Well, we touched on a little bit. I think among the biggest things is um, a lack of ambition. We do have to get our heads around how we manage the growth that we are seeing. It is going to continue. People want to live here. And I think those of us that do live here know why. <laughs> it's a spectacular place. Um, and more and more people, more and more employers are going to want to locate in this region. So how do we manage that growth in a way that is, one, environmentally sustainable, as we talked about, but then, two, um, equitable, so that people can find housing that's affordable for them, um, so that people can have opportunities, um, that, um, that, or at least that people aren't being shut off from opportunities, that that everybody has access to some of the amazing things that Madison has to offer. Um, so equity, sustainability, they are real opportunities and real challenges that we're looking forward to around housing, certainly around our transit system. Um, and, you know, every issue that a city has to face is going to have to incorporate, I believe, um, um, social and racial equity in how we address something. And um, environmental sustainability. This brings us to our round of uh, lightning questions. Say what comes to your head uh, right away. You know, um, don't, don't give it too much thought. Um, this is dangerous. Like this time in the fun. this time in the morning, I'm mostly like coffee. <laughs> coffee. Do you need to take a sip before, before <laughs> yes. we start? Yes, yeah. I would. Pl- like please, that. thank you. Feel free. <laughs> uh, number one. What is your favorite outdoor street use festival in Madison? My favorite outdoor festival? Street festival or just festival? Um, oh, gosh. I like – I really like the Willie Street – I mean, I like the Willie Street Festival. It's got – That's a great one. We've talked about that on this podcast. But it was – I don't know. There are parades. There's food everywhere. Everyone's super happy. I mean, I don't the know. bubble man Yeah, guy. there's a bubble guy. Yeah. Kids love it. <laughs> That's a good one. All right, number two. What's your favorite sandwich in Madison? Ooh. Do tacos count as sandwiches? Wow, we didn't even discuss this. There's a deep philosophical Huge. conversation to be had here. And our hot dog. Do hot dogs wow. count? Wow. <laughs> really stretching them. Yeah. I don't know that I have a favorite. My palate has evolved over the years. I was a, I was a radical rye kind of person when I was in school, and I could just eat anything there. But now, like, not much of a sand. I like it. I like not tacos. A guy. You're a taco I'm guy. Kind of wow, we taco just person. completely diverted the question to tacos. So, well, I'm well, glad that we've refocused. Well, if we're on, on tacos, tacos, okay. What's your favorite taco in Madison? Oh man, I love El Grito tacos. I think there's a divide on whether those are real tacos or if they're, you know. 
if Guadalajara or, you know, some of the other taquerias that serve more traditional tacos are the way to go. But um, I love El Grito tacos. Um, all right. Favorite statue, landmark, or public art piece in Madison? Ooh, there are a few. So I'm on the bike. I go, I ride on the bike path near the stadium. Yeah. Um, and so on that, in that triangle area, they created this mural that as I ride by it every day, it can sort of, I can, it's just this burst of color. And um, I don't know if you all have the same reaction whenever you see any mural in town. I do. But um, that burst of color just immediately makes my eyes just go like, oh. <gasps> You know, and, and that's what that's a little I, bit refreshing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a good way to start and end a day. Yeah. So, would you rather have backyard chickens or backyard bees? Hmm. Or not? Or neither? Chickens. Chickens. All right. Uh, would you rather drink small batch coffee, kombucha, or beer? Coffee. As as we've discussed already yeah. this morning. Exactly. <laughs> would you rather take your bike, bus, or car to get around town? Bike. Would you rather go to the co-op for your food or just grow it yourself in your backyard garden? The light is bad in my backyard, so Gotta I'll go, go to the co-op. co-op. Yep, yep. yep. Um, how many different Madison neighborhoods have you lived in throughout your time here? So including college? Yeah. Five. Which ones? Um, I guess this – so I lived on Gorham Street right across from James Madison Park. I lived in the dorms on the Lakeshore area. I live in uh, Kendall Avenue now, so near West Side. I lived in the near North Side on Superior Street. And then I don't know that this actually counts, but I lived south, so like in Fitchburg basically, but right on the border. We'll yeah. allow it. Yeah. Cool. Thank <laughs> you. Right, That's a good, like, Perfect. You're, I love your flexibility. <laughs> yeah. Tacos and Fitchburg are I know. included. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite non-Madison city and why? Ooh. My favorite non-Madison city and why. I, my, I, so my wife's family come from, come from England, and I'm a big music fan. So um, I love the music coming out of Bristol, <laughs> and that's, that's what, I, that's what Bristol. I would pick. Yeah, okay. I love it. Going across the pond there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, last one. What would be your desert island pick for one book and one movie? Mm, one book and one movie. Um, if I had a pick for books, I'm kind of a dork. I love uh, and still do. This is book called, by Frank Herbert called Dune, which... Eric's nodding over there. He yeah, knows it. You know the book, right? Yeah, it's a great book. I would take that. Um, and then as far as movies, I'm a, uh, I'm a big Christopher Guest fan. And if I have to watch a movie over and over and over again, I want to be laughing as much as I can, so... Which you might need to if you're Any of the, on a desert Most island. of the Christopher Guest canon I'll go with, but um, let's just say waiting for God. Uh, Raj, would you like to take the mic just for a second? Is there anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't talked about yeah. here? I guess only this. Like, I believe that we as a community are what we do. And I'm hopeful that with this campaign... And then afterwards, with what we do in office, we live by that credo. We are going to take action when we see a problem. We are going to take action to make this world and this community a place that is that has space for everybody. And um, that's why I'm running. That's why I hope people will get more involved in municipal elections and elections, period. This is a community made up of the genius and the energy and the heart of so many incredible people in this city. And um, I want to get 
every single one of them involved in making this place a place for everyone. So you can find out more at rajshukla.com, R-A-J-S-H-U-K-L-A.com. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Mad Splanners election edition. We're going to be bringing you more episodes with more interviews with mayoral candidates over the coming weeks. And great news, we're going to be picking up the pace of our release schedule. Um, so you're going to have a lot of those coming your way soon. You can subscribe to Mad Splanners on iTunes, on Google Play Music, or anywhere else that you find your podcasts. Um, the Cap Times does a bunch of other podcasts. We have shows like Wedge Issues, a state politics show. We have shows like The Corner Table, a show all about food and drink in Madison. So do check those out as well. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to catch us next time when we feature Satya Rhodes Conway. Mm-hmm.